This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode number 50, the solo series. I don't know what you heard, but <laughs> she runs the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Cassandra Vaughn here. Welcome to She Runs the Show. So we are on episode number 50. It has been a minute. I got to tell you, every time I open my mouth to say the episodes are going to air on this day and this day and this day, something happens, things come up, and then an episode does not come out for like a week and a half. So I've just decided I'm going to stop telling you when these episodes are going to come out. Just know that I will be producing new episodes pretty consistently and emphasis on pretty. So how is everybody doing? I would just say it has been a whirlwind of the last two weeks, lots of changes, lots of epiphanies, uh, slowing down a little bit. I've actually, you know, if you know me, I'm pretty busy, like all of the time. And I've actually been slowing down to enjoy life a little bit more, hence why there have not been podcast episodes. So it's good to be back. Definitely, if you haven't checked out my books on Amazon, be sure to check out overcomingfearbooks.com. If you've listened to the show before, you know that I write books about how to turn your fear into fuel, namely how to turn it into courage and strength and resiliency and all the things that you need, how to take something that feels negative, which fear does when you're feeling it, into something that's productive and positive. So if you need some help with transforming your fear, be sure to check out my books at overcomingfearbooks.com. All right. So today's episode is called The Five Subtle Ways We Apologize for Being Who We Are. And if you're like me, you know you've had moments in life where you have played small, You know, you've had experiences where you have sort of dumbed down your approach to people or things you said, where you tried to fit yourself into somebody else's box. And if you've ever been in that situation, you know a couple of things about that. One, um, you can do it for a while, but eventually the real you shows up. And two, um, it doesn't lead to great things like like the apologizing for being who you are, the people pleasing, the human doormat syndrome. It never leads anywhere productive or successful. So in today's episode, we're talking about, you know, whether it's in business or in life, this tendency that we have to develop bad habits around self-esteem and self-worth, because when you are apologizing for who you are, it really is a self-worth, self-esteem issue. So we're going to talk today about the five subtle ways we apologize for being who we are and how we can stop doing that. Now, By the end of this episode, you're going to learn, number one, why we do that, because that's what I'm always asking when I find myself apologizing for being who I am. Like, why am I even like, how did I even get here? So we're going to talk about why we do it. We're also going to talk about where we learned this people pleasing subconscious soul killing tendency. Where did it come from? We're going to talk about that. Then by the end of this episode, you're going to learn the five subtle ways We apologize for being who we are. And then fourthly, I'm going to talk about the three things you can do to stop people pleasing and stand up for your self-worth. Because essentially, when you apologize for being who you are, you're really slaughtering your self-esteem and your self-worth. You're really slaughtering it. And so we're going to talk about the three things that you can do to stop people pleasing and to stand up 
for your self-worth. So let's talk about this. Why do we apologize for being who we are? Well, there, there are a lot of reasons that we do that, but there are four really big ones that as soon as I say them, you're gonna be like, oh, yep, done that, been there, done that. Okay. So here's four reasons why we apologize for being who we are. Number one, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel worthy of being great. We don't feel worthy of being admired. We don't feel worthy of being loved. We don't feel worthy of being treated equally with other people. We don't feel worthy of our highest good. We don't feel worthy of good things in general. One of the reasons why we do this apologizing for being who we are is we don't feel worthy of better than that. And so we continue to apologize because we feel like we probably shouldn't even be in the room. So that's one reason we don't feel worthy. A second reason that we apologize for being who we are is this. We don't think we fit in. You know, a lot of people do this subtle apologizing for who they are because they just don't feel like they have a place. You know, they don't feel like they they fit in. And, and I can relate to that totally. I mean, I've always sort of felt that way you know, even in my own family, like I didn't have a place, I didn't fit in, I didn't belong. There's always been that sense. And so because I know that that's a trigger for me, when I go into new situations, or new circles of people, I have to really do some self talk to remind myself that this is a brand new situation, I can choose to fit in, or I can choose to believe that I don't fit in, but it's a choice that I'm making. It's not has nothing to do with the other people and everything to do with what I'm choosing to see, what I'm choosing to believe, and how I'm choosing to show up in that room. So one of the reasons why we do apologize for being who we are is because we don't think we fit in. We don't think that we belong. You know, it's this imposter syndrome thing. Like, you know, you know, the people who say, like, I got into Harvard and I felt really bad because, you know, I, you know, I got in with the lowest GPA and the lowest numbers, or they say, you know, I just became a doctor by the, you know, chinny chin, like, like, like by point three, I made it through medical school. So I don't feel like I'm as good of a doctor as somebody who aced every test and who did really well on their boards. Again, we all know what that feels like. So you're in an environment or circumstance where you feel like you stand out like a sore thumb. When people feel that way, when they feel like they don't fit in, they have a tendency to apologize for who they are because their belief is that who they are is not conducive or in alignment with where they are. So sometimes we apologize for being who we are because we don't think we fit in. Here's another reason that we apologize for being who we are. We're afraid to be rejected or get hurt. We're afraid to be rejected or get hurt. So often, you know, here's, here's, a, here's a false belief that a lot of people have or a limiting belief that a lot of people have. They think that if they pretend to be something other than what they are, if other people reject, reject them, it's not going to hurt as much. I just want you to think about the, the foolishness of that. So you are slaughtering your self-esteem and your self-worth by putting your real self in a little container in the back of your mind. And you're putting up this front that isn't real, doesn't feel authentic. It's like a mask that you're wearing over your face every single day. And you think that that is less painful than being all of who you are and getting rejected. It's not. It's equally, if not more painful. So another reason why people apologize for being who they are is because they are afraid that if people know the real them, if they're vulnerable with those people, if they, you know, if they just stand up and say, this is me, 
the good, the bad, and the ugly, people will reject them. People will leave them and it will hurt. That's another reason. Here's a fourth reason why we apologize for being who we are. You know, at the end of the day, when we do not fully love and accept ourselves exactly as we are where we are, then we have the tendency to apologize for being who we are where we are. It's this whole self-love thing. If you can't love and accept yourself exactly as you are fully right now, nobody else will. Nobody else will because nobody's going to do for you what you can't do for you. So at the end of the day, if you are not fully loving yourself and accepting yourself and saying, you know what, maybe I carry 30 extra pounds. Maybe I don't feel the way I want to feel. Maybe I don't eat the way I want to eat. Maybe I don't have the career, or the job that I want to have. Maybe my business isn't doing as well as I wanted it to do. Whatever it is. But if you can't come to a place of fully loving and accepting yourself with all your flaws exactly as you are, that's a reason why what you will manifest is apologizing for being who you are because you're coming from a place that who you are is not enough and that there are conditions to you loving yourself. And anytime you have conditional love that comes from the self and you have a sense of shame about who you are in this moment, you're going to apologize for being who you are because you are not satisfied with it. You are not accepting of it. And that non-acceptance of who you are in this moment keeps you stuck there. It keeps you from being who you were born to be, who you were meant to be. So those are some of the reasons why we apologize for being who we are. Now let's talk about where we learned this people-pleasing, subconscious, soul-killing tendency. So there are quite a few places that we've learned that it's, it's a good thing, even subconsciously, to apologize for being who you are. We learned it from family. We learned it from school. We learned it from friends. We basically learned it from every social circle we've ever been in or social circle we've been excluded from. You know, when you're little and your parents say, be good, what is the assumption there? The assumption is you're not naturally good. Like you have to become something else in order to be good or be nice. When you go to school and teachers tell you, you know, good boys and girls don't do that. Good boys and girls don't do that. What they're really telling you is that you're not in the good group. So in order to get into the good group, you have to apologize for wherever you are right now and conform and become somebody else. Anytime you have friends who are like, oh, I only hang out with so-and-so, or they, you know, they see you hang out with somebody and they don't like them, like, ooh, are you really going to go spend time with them? Mm. Again, they are putting you into a situation where in order to be accepted on some level, you're apologizing for what you're doing. You're apologizing for who you are. You're apologizing for a lot of different things. So again, every social circle we've ever been in is where we have learned this people-pleasing, subconscious, soul-killing tendency. Now, here are the five subtle ways we apologize for being who we are. And take note of these because you, you, you need to recognize where you, which ones you use most often so you can start to change that behavior. So first subtle way that we apologize for being who we are is what I call shape-shifting. And this is when you have shifts in personality and or behavior, and that includes tone of voice when you're around certain people. So it's not like when you're at work, you have a work self and at home, you have a home self. Everybody does that. I'm talking about when you're in certain circles, you, you know, um, you act totally different, totally different from your regular at home self. You change your voice. You change how you talk. You change what you talk about. You play dumb on things. So if they ask you a question and you do know the answer, you say, oh, I don't know. Yeah, that is 
shape-shifting, shifts in your personality and or your behavior when you're around certain people. So it's really like you are becoming somebody different for the person that you're around. The second subtle way that we do this is downplaying your achievements or superb qualities in the presence of those who might be intimidated by you. I call this playing small. You know what it is. You, you are around people who are insecure, who are not as competent as you. And so you kind of put yourself, you know, you just like you, you lower yourself to their level and you try to have chit chat about things that they can seem smart on. You downplay your brilliance so that they can shine and you don't talk about your achievements. You don't talk about your superb qualities. When somebody gives you a compliment, you go, oh, no, 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 no. And then you deflect and give the, the insecure person a huge compliment. You've seen it before. But here's the truth about playing small. There is no amount of slaughtering to your self-esteem that will ever make someone feel important who doesn't. There's no amount of slaughtering that you can do to yourself to ever make someone feel significant who feels insignificant on the inside. You know why? Because self-esteem and self-worth and confidence and charisma, it's an inside job. There is no amount of slaughtering to yourself that you're going to do that's going to give somebody the sense of confidence and self-esteem and self-worth that they need. They have to give it to themselves. So playing small is a second subtle way that we do this. Now, the third subtle way that we apologize for being who we are is this one. I'm sorry. Always saying I'm sorry. Have you have, have you met those people that like everything, they're, they're sorry for everything. Like a pin drops, they're sorry. Uh, you know, they they happen to get into the fast line of the grocery store and you were in the slow line, they're sorry. You know, they don't even do anything to anybody, but somebody else does something to somebody else and they're sorry. People who are always saying I'm sorry are literally with every I'm sorry, apologizing for who they are. Now, if you did something wrong and you feel remorse, yes, say I'm sorry. But there are a lot of people in this world who are saying I'm sorry for everything, even to the point of like them breathing them existing. Like, I'm sorry I'm taking up your space. I'm sorry that I'm in your home. I'm sorry that I'm doing this. I'm sorry that I'm so this. You know, every I'm sorry in that particular mentality is really an apology for your existence. It is apologizing for your very existence. So always saying I'm sorry is another way that we a subtle way that we apologize for being who we are. Here's here's the fourth subtle way that we apologize for being who we are. Accepting less than what you deserve in your relationships and faking satisfaction. Can, we, can did, did the and and the in the congregation and the choir said what? Amen. I know I've been there. You know, pretending to be happy, pretending that everything is okay, pretending that things are going to work out. Uh, pretending that life is good when it's not, knowing that I'm in a situation or a relationship that is really far below what I deserve and just taking it and taking it and taking it. I know you know people have been there. Maybe you've been there. But anytime we accept less than what we deserve in our relationships and we are faking satisfaction, we're faking happy, we're faking one big family, we're faking all this stuff, it is just eating away at who we really are because we're not being truthful to ourselves and to everybody else about what we deserve. Anytime you're accepting less than what you deserve in relationships and then you're faking satisfaction, you are apologizing 
for who you are and for what you want and for what you know you deserve. Here's the fifth subtle way that we apologize for being who we are. Silent acceptance. So when people treat you badly or when people speak to you unkindly or when people violate your boundaries consistently, even after you've communicated the boundary to them, if you are silent about the things that matter, you are apologizing for being who you are. Because essentially what you're saying is you can treat me any kind of way. You can talk to me any kind of way. You can violate my boundaries. And I am, I am not enough to deserve better than that. You are apologizing for the fact that you have boundaries every time you allow someone to violate them. And you, and you just live in silence about that. Every time somebody speaks to you badly and you don't handle it in the moment that they're speaking to you badly or right thereafter, you are agreeing with all of the verbal poison that they just fed you. Every time somebody treats you badly and you let it go as if it was nothing, you let it go unnoticed, you don't talk about it, you don't try to negotiate, or, you know, talk through the conflict. What you're essentially saying is, I'm not worthy of that kind of discussion. I'm not worthy of resolving conflict. I'm not worthy of having people speak to me kindly and treat me well. I'm not worthy of that. So I'm going to just take it in silence as a way to apologize for the fact that I even have the thought that maybe I deserve that. Mm-mm-mm. No, no, no. We, we can't go there on that one. You see, and yet people do it all the time, and it is a subtle way that we apologize for being who are. Now, the question is, now that you recognize, you know, shape-shifting and playing small and faking satisfaction, like, now that you know kind of what you're doing subtly that apologizes for being who you are, what can you do to stop this, this, this vicious cycle? There are three things that you can do to stop people-pleasing and stand up for your own self-worth, and here they are. One, Decide how you want to show up across the board. Like no matter who is in the room, no matter what is going on, no matter what the circumstance or what arena of your life it is in, how do you want to be seen, heard, and known? What do you want people to see when they, when they experience you? Like how do you want to show up in your life? You need to decide that in advance of actually getting into a situation. Because when you're in the middle of a situation, if it goes bad – and you haven't decided how you were going to show up, you're not going to decide it while things are going bad in that moment. So number one, you need to decide how you want to show up across the board, no matter who is in the room. You know, how do you want to be seen? How do you want to be heard? How do you want to be known? The second thing you can do to stop people pleasing and stand up for your self-worth is this. Write out your standards and then raise them by at least 20%. You know, Tony Robbins would say raise them by 100%. I'm going to give you 20 because I know for many people, if this is a brand new thing and you've been like, soul uh, slaughtering yourself you're, with your self-esteem, your self-worth issues for decades, uh, asking you to raise your standards by 100% is a lot. So I would say, write out what your current standards are. And how do you know what your current standards are? You know what your current standards are if you just look at the last five years of your life and see what you've been accepting. What have you been accepting in your life the last five? Just look at the last, if you look at the last five years and you say, okay, I accepted this, 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 and this then you know what your standards currently are because that's whatever happened last five years, your standards were based on those things. So identify where your standards currently are and then raise them by at least 20%. So literally take each standard that you write down on a piece of paper and you say, what would 20% higher be on this standard? Meaning if I raise this standard by 20%, 
What would I no longer accept? What would be allowed? What would not be allowed in my life? What would I say no to? What would I say yes to? And literally write that out in a journal. And when you start to get in sticky situations, make sure you buy a journal that is small enough to stick in a purse, you know, or a man bag, so that when you get in sticky situations, you pull out that journal and you say, wait a sec, wait a second. Let me, let me, let me open this up. What did I say? Okay. What did I say I wanted? Boom. That's the key. So just think about um, that, uh, writing out your standards and then raising it by at least 20%. Here's the third thing you can do to stop the people pleasing and stand up for your self-worth. And this is the hardest one because it may involve close friends and it may involve family members. Are you ready? Here it is. And I've said this many, many times before. So if you listen to this podcast, you know you've heard me say this many times before. Fire the belittling, insecure, passive-aggressive people from your life, even if they're in your family. You know I said it. You know I said because Listen, your inner circle should be filled with people who lift you up and do not bring you down. Your inner circle should be filled with people who 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 can at least hold the vision that you have for your life even if they can't share it even if they just they can't think that big or on that level they have to be able to hold the vision but if you have people in your inner circle who are always saying to you things like well why do you want to do that and why do you want to go there and why do you want to you know who are always second guessing you and questioning whether you can do something or what i mean listen Either somebody is for you or they're against you. Nobody's neutral. Nobody's neutral. So let's just get this whole idea of like, well, I can sort of keep this person in my life because, you know, I don't really talk to them about my dreams because I know they'll belittle them. So we just talk about the weather and about life and and safe topics. No, no, no. Because even the fact that you can't be yourself fully with them and talk about your dreams is a problem. It's a problem. So all of those people who are in your life who who criticize you, judge you, doubt you, second guess you, fire them. No two weeks notice, you're fired. Fire them, especially the passive aggressive ones, especially the passive aggressive people in your life who do things that are like, you know, underhanded and subtle and that you can't really call them out for because it is so passive aggressive you know and then when you do call them out they say well I was just trying to help you I don't know why you have such a stick up your butt I was just you know expressing my concerns yeah fire those people passive aggressive is the worst fire them so here's here's what I want to wrap up with. You know, She Runs the Show is about giving women entrepreneurs both uh, relationships that rock and businesses that thrive. And as you build your business, you know, there are going to be moments where you might think that in order for you to get to the next level of your business, you need to compromise who you are. You need to show up as somebody different than who you are. You need to conform to the group who's going to make your business grow or give you venture capital money or, or do all these things. Listen, here's the reality. What is going to sell in your business will always be you. Your real self, your authentic self, your transparent self, your amazing self. The thing that is your biggest sustainable competitive advantage in business is you. And so I know there are a lot of business owners out there who don't want to be their brand. You know, they don't want they don't want to talk about their personal life on their Facebook fan pages and they don't want to, you know, they're like, "Oh, my my private life is over here and my business life is over there." And I am like that to a certain extent. But I got to tell you, what makes me me 
is the sustainable competitive advantage of my business. So you cannot separate the brand called you from the business that you're running because the biggest sustainable competitive advantage you have is you. But if you are doing things in your life and in your business where you are constantly apologizing for being who you are, guess what? Nobody ever gets to know the real you. Nobody ever gets to see that sustainable competitive advantage and your business does not get to grow from it. So at the end of the day, here's what we got to do. We got to cut this subtle, this people-pleasing, subconscious, soul-killing tendency out. We got to do surgery and just get it out. Because at the end of the day, the only person who needs to love, respect, honor, and cherish you is you. Because if you do it, everybody else will. And you will fire anybody who doesn't. But if you don't love yourself, if you don't accept yourself exactly where you are, I mean, listen, we all have things we want to get better on, right? We all have things. Like I'm training for this fitness competition. It's happening in March. I have a lot of body fat to lose to get to the kind of shape so I can actually get on the stage and compete. And you know what? There are moments where I'm like, how am I ever going to do this? Like, I'm never going to be able to do this. Like how I can't, I have so much weight I've got to lose. You know, like you can do that negative self-talk, but there comes a moment where you have to say to yourself, stop. I can and I will. And I am enough right here, right now. That body is in me already. That physique is in me already. You got to tap into the best version of you that already exists within you. Even if you don't see it right now on the outside, it's on the inside. And once you start to see that everything you say you want, every improvement you say you want in your life, you already have it. You already possess it. It's already in you. Then you're not trying to get to a different level where you're a different person. You're just trying to go deep and access more of who you already are. See, that's the difference. See, because if I know I'm already in my best physical condition right now, even if my body fat is not showing it, even if the, the, the weight on the scale is not showing it, then what I do know is that all I got to do is tap in. It's not about reaching out. It's about tapping in to the healthy, vital, toned, trim part of me that's already in me. So you got to tap into the you that you really want to be because you're already it. You're already it. So when you recognize that you're already it, you stop apologizing for being who you are because you're enough. You're enough right where you are, right where you stand. And you got to get to the point where nobody can tell you any differently and you believe them. You got to get to the point where people, people can criticize you. They can judge you. They can say, Hey, I think you need to lose weight or Hey, I need to do that. And you're just like, you just don't, you don't even know how fabulous this is. Like I just woke up this way. You know, like you got to get to the point where other people's opinions of you are no longer relevant. You got to get to the point where you say, you know what? What you think of me is none of my business. And more than that, what you think of me has no bearing upon how I feel about myself or how I walk out in the world or I show up in the room. Because you know what? You might have a problem with me, but you and your problem can sit over there. Because me and my awesomeness are going to be right over here in your face. Get used to it. See, we got to get there. And it's not something that we do all in one moment. Like, well, we all have self-doubt moments. We all have moments where we're like, I don't know. I don't know. And that's okay to have those moments. But if you are doing things consistently, that is, is really just a form of apologizing for being who you are. That is creating chronic 
self-worth, self-esteem issues. It's creating, it's giving so much power to fear and self-doubt. It is doing things that you really don't want it to do in your life. And you can stop it right now. So really decide how you want to show up across the board in your life, how you want to be seen, how you want to show up in a room, write out your standards and then raise them by at least 20% and then fire the belittling, insecure, passive aggressive people from your life. And I said, even if they're family. Now, if you work for them or if it's a job thing, it might take you a little while to to figure that little piece out because, you know, you got to pay the rent. But you still need to fire those people from your life. Doesn't matter what arena they're in. If they are trying to knock you down a peg or two consistently, if they're criticizing you, if they're doing that passive aggressive stuff consistently, they got to go. You have to have enough distance where they are not always in your face. And that's really all I have to say today. Thank you so much. This has been She Runs the Show. As always, you know, I try to get three episodes out a week. It has not been happening lately. So I will just say, I'm not going to promise you when I'm going to get you the next episode out. Because honestly, every time I do that, it just backfires and kicks me in the butt. Well, what I will say is this. I will be podcasting more. So be sure that you check out soundcloud.com forward slash she runs the show. Be sure that you check out. Uh, I'm always on Instagram posting super inspiring messages about turning your fear into fuel. So if you're not following me on Instagram, definitely instagram.com forward slash the Cassandra V. That's T-H-E-K-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-A-V. You can also find me on Twitter. And I assume that it's the same name, but I can't promise. I think it's twitter.com forward slash Cassandra V maybe or the I, I you know I can't I just changed my last name so I can't really tell you I don't even know what Twitter is but I know Instagram is instagram.com forward slash the Cassandra V and then of course you can always find me on Periscope I do daily Periscopes about fear and fuel and about this kind of stuff so if you're on Periscope look me up the Cassandra V And then you can also find me on Pinterest. If you look me up, it should be pinterest.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-N. And of course, I'm sure there are other places. I'm one of the most Googleable people you're ever going to meet. So if you just Google Cassandra Vaughn, I am sure that I will come up. So thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate having you in my corner. Uh, You've got my back as a listening audience, and I'm so grateful, grateful to God for all of you and so thankful that you listen and that you share this podcast. And if you could be sure to go on iTunes and write a review of the podcast, I'd love to hear what you think of it. And you can find uh, the place to review the podcast on iTunes at tinyurl.com forward slash she runs the show podcast. That is tinyurl.com forward slash she runs the show podcast. But you know what, I think while I'm recording I should probably check out that URL and make sure that it works, right? Let's see what we got. I think it does. She Runs the Show podcast. So tinyurl.com forward slash she runs the show podcast, and it does work. So you can actually see the iTunes podcast. You can write a review and you can see every single episode and listen to every single episode from your Apple phone or um, iPad, iPad mini, whatever you have. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being so amazing and for listening to this episode again. I will get you another episode soon, but I appreciate all of you listening. And please share this with somebody you know needs it. I mean, there's bound to be somebody who really is doing a lot of people pleasing and they desperately need this message. So if you know somebody who is apologizing for who they are in a pretty consistent basis, just forward them a link to this particular episode and, and share it with them so that they can 
figure out why they're doing what they're doing, what they're doing exactly in terms of behavior, and what they're going to do to change that. Because we all deserve to embrace and enjoy and show out by being who we truly are. No one should apologize for who they really are because it's beautiful. Who you are is amazing and beautiful and you're filled with awesomeness. And you should not change any of that because there are haters in the world because there will always be haters. And, uh, you know, if you get noticed by haters, it's because you're doing something decent. So don't worry about the haters. Just be you. All right. I'll talk to you next time.